name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. As of uh, in four minutes, and I'll, I'll tell you the outcome, um, but I tested myself for COVID right like a few minutes ago. So I've got about 10 more minutes left. By the end of this podcast, you'll know if I'm negative or positive. And I don't mean my outlook. We already know what that is. Um, but I, um, I've i been testing. There's been people at the inn getting it, all the resort getting it. So, And I just go, it's all a matter of time. I'm just looking at my watch going, okay, just let me know when. Give me a little bit of heads up. Looks like I'm negative though. It, or, yeah, it looks like I'm negative. I don't know. It's going to be a few minutes. So I figured if I was like in the beginning of this, the str- the line would come on strong, right? That's what I've heard. Like if you're just in the beginning of the line, just pops right on out like you're pregnant with a virus. I'm having a Pilsner. It's a Trumer Pilsner, which is, um, I'll tell you about that. I'm not sponsored by them. God, I'd love to be sponsored by a beer. Man, that would be the coolest, right? Anyway, made in Berkeley. Trumer Pierce, Pills, and my daughter going to Berkeley. Huh. Gosh, gosh, gosh. This episode called The Fear of Fear. Um, it was never intended to be a trilogy, but this will wrap up the fear trilogy. Fear of politics, fear of change, and now the fear of fear. The fear trilogy, the What Sid Thinks fear trilogy. But more on that at the end, at, toward the end of the episode. So the I have been reading a book called Feeding the Monkey Mind. It's on anxiety. And I have clients, you know, so I'm working with people who have anxiety. I have some anxiety. I figure, you know what? How about a little more information on that whole front? I'm not a psychologist, but it gives me a good framework to kind of glean. I can grab some tools out of there like, oh, that would makes me think of things to discuss and whatever. Interesting perspective, pretty good book. I'm not going to say it's a great book. Okay, I'm not going to say that. Here's why. I, a pet peeve of mine. Books that are filled with filler. And that's a lot of books. So if you, a lot of books, if you, they're, let's say the 150 pages. If you take out the anecdotes, Martha, not her real name, is a 45-year-old single mother of four. And she works at Becca, and they got to hear the whole thing. Can you just get to the meat so we can get the information? It's the filler, it's the charts and graphs and anecdotes that are not classic anecdotes, by the way. So that 150 book, 150 page book, you take the the anecdotes and the charts and graphs and the the cartoony drawings, it's four pages. And I could read that four pages and go right on, good information. Instead, I got to, you know, decode it. I got to, I got to look for the hidden meaning subtext in between the, you know, anecdotes about Rick, the mechanic from, you know, Tulsa. And how he's anxious about his carburetor work. I don't even know. I skip him. It's a nightmare. However, uh, interesting perspective. And this is the perspective. So I did an episode called The Inexplicable Inexplicable 3 AM. And that was about just waking up with anxiety in the middle of the night when this was pre my race. So there's things that make us anxious and worried, right? And I go into my breathe, breath work and meditation. It's good. It's great. And I relax. I figure, you know, if I'm not going to go back to sleep, at least I'll slow my breath down. I think that's all great. However, the author of this book uh, laid out an interesting perspective, which is if we feel anxiety about something, and then immediately turn over and say, okay, well, I'm going to deal with this anxiety by breath work, by meditation as a way to get that to go away. In effect, we're giving it 
legitimacy and voice. We are not addressing the anxiety itself. Now, this is hard to do at 3 a.m. I'm just saying in general, if we immediately go, I feel a little bit weird, I'm going to go meditate. I feel a little bit anxious, worried, I'm going to go meditate. It's meditation is good. I will say I, I make fun of people who meditate sometimes because it's like for that 20 minutes, they're all great. But then the people who are like self-proclaimed, I meditate all the time. They're some of the most stressed people I've ever met. And I think that's because of this perspective, which is that you can meditate. And for that time, you will be relaxed and you will do those things. And then my breath work too. But it is also addressing the thing itself. And to if you don't want to legitimize it and give it voice and saying, oh my God, this thing is huge. I have to deal with it by calming myself down. It's so big and important. Instead of looking at it and saying, changing the mind, your, maybe your mindset around it. And one of the things that she said, I can link to the book, but anyway, it's called Feeding the Monkey Mind. I th- it's worth, the, worth, worth it. Um, is changing your mindset around it. You know, like looking at an upcoming stressful situation and saying, oh, cool. Th- I can't wait to like, this stress is going to like inspire me to perform better. Yeah, and just that little shift um, is pretty cool. There's a lot about, you know, trying to control things we can't control. Some stuff that you would expect, right? Where Why, why do people feel a little more anxiety than others? It's, you know, it's control and it's not knowing. And it's, you know, there, there's a whole list of things that can set us up for increased anxiety. Um, but at the same time, looking at it and saying, you know, is there a way for me to spin this? so that I'm not as anxious by it. And then also the breath work and the meditation and things like that, but not as an escape. And I thought that that was kind of a very cool perspective and I worth, worth, uh, worth thumbing, you know, getting through the, uh, the anecdotes and charts and graphs and cartoony drawings, like worth kind of, was like, okay, that's a kind of a cool thing. So my two cents on that. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Now I want to hear some good news. And by the way, I'm still negative, still not Still not coming, still not coming through. Maybe the Trumer pills just killed off everything. Mm. I've got some good news, and that is that the protein craziness is still going strong. Still going strong. People ask me all the time, they go, do you think it's getting better? I go, no, not really. Like, not really. I have had some cooking classes of late. Very nice people. Super fun. But man, it's frustrating for me to do a cooking class without a nutrition class before it. And that's an option, but most people don't. Well, some people do it. Some people don't. Some people are like, I want to go to the cooking class. I don't give a crap about nutrition. I know everything about it. They think in their brains. Some people take a nutrition class first, followed by the cooking. And then they know they've been educated and they go, oh, okay, this totally makes sense to cook this way. I got it now. But if they don't do that, then I cook with them and I got to explain why oil isn't a good fat. And then they get all bent out of shape about it. Or why protein is not the, uh, you know, the savior of all mankind. Okay. Talk about fear, the fear of fear. Okay. Fear of not getting enough protein. There you go. Okay. Wrapping it all up. Uh, the carb theory of diabetes. I mean, just, just again, also going strong, just another excellent and just shitty marketing win for the whatever people who are trying to sell you something that watch your carbs. Okay. Got it. Uh, but, but don't, Let's deny the fact that people who are on high carbohydrate diets get less diabetes. That's okay. Hey, it's okay. We we don't need to hear the facts. Let's just get down to something that will scare the crap out of you for no reason. That's important. So I just wanted to let you know a little good news. Okay, the protein craziness is still going strong. It's still going strong. People are still worried about protein, worried they're not going to get enough protein, try to eat as much protein as possible. It's killing us. But other than that, it's great. Um. For anybody just joining me, you know I'm a small stepper. This is my thing. That's my jam. 
as the kids say, small steppers. Now I am off. We're in the beginning of summer now. Okay. In fact, this is the day before July 4th. I should have done an episode on independence, but I'm not gonna, you know why you can't tell me what to do. I'll tell you that much. Small steppers, my online program. It's, it's awesome. And so I thought, you know what? I'll do a little promotional thing. So if you want to join, it's 30% off 30%. It's over hundred. It's like 120 bucks off. I'm not even kidding. And it's awesome. And I'll do live Q and A's. If you start now or soon when you hear this or whatever you want, but it'll start right when you start and live Q and A's. And you can just like, you know what? I'm going to take the summer. I'm going to spend a few minutes each day and just kind of get shit together. Learn how to manage my stress, learn how to tamper and manage my stress so that I can act the way that I want to and already know how to and eat the way I want to and move the way I want to and relate to people the way I want to and create the way I want to and hang with these things long enough to make them habits. There you go. Got it. So it's my small steppers, 30% off special. So if you go to small step, I'll link it in the thing, but, um, the code is summer 30 lowercase summer 30, no spaces, summer 30, summer 30. When you check out, Thank you. Thanks. He's in show notes. He's right now. Thank you to everybody patreoning me and um, check the show notes if you want some more information and link to that thing. Summer 30. Did I say that already? Let's talk about the fear of fear to finish out. I'm still negative, you guys. It's 10 minutes in. I think it's time. I Yes, it is. It's 15 minutes. God, it's like, it's like freaking New Year's. Um, I'm negative. Woo, dodge that bullet. You ever think like, maybe I don't want to test because then, right? It goes in our brains. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think this pandemic has had a psychological effect on our species. That's groundbreaking. I am talking about fear, first fear of politics, that was sort of what it was, and then fear of change, that's kind of what it was. Now I'm talking about the fear of fear because it is prevalent and it's not, that's not groundbreaking, okay? That's not groundbreaking. However, it is worth looking at because we as a species spend an inordinate amount of time I would say more time afraid of possible fear than in actual fear. In other words, I play the little game of when I do my ice bath, I've talked about this before, I'll clean that counter in that kitchen to kick the ice bath can down the road a bit. Um, you know what? I'll get in the ice bath, but boy, this counter, it really needs, the counter needs to be cleaned. I think I saw a micrometer worth of dust. I think I, let me get out the microscope. Let me get out the microscope and see what's going on on that counter. I think I need to bleach the crap out of it because boy, oh boy. Um, I'll just clean that counter just to push off the inevitable. And here's, here's the good news. It has never made the ice bath less crappy right when I get in it. Never. It's never made it better. It's never made my life better to wait to get into that thing. In fact, the opposite is true. When I go, this is going to suck right when I get in, then it's going to get better. I'm dread it, but does just get in and get it done with always be hundred percent of times that's better. And when I delay, then I delay and I'm in this state of fear about the crappiness that's coming. And that is debilitating. That's one little area, but imagine like we do spending lots of our times um, avoiding for hours, weeks, months, years, a five minute uncomfortable conversation with somebody who we need to confront and it's going to be uncomfortable and we're going to be maybe scared in the conversation, but we will avoid that and actually pile on fear to our lives and stress to our lives. That is far outweighs the amount of time that we would spend in that uncomfortable conversation. And usually 
nine times out of 10, that conversation is over and we go, glad I did that. But man, do we invest a lot of stress in our lives to try to avoid that in the first place. You know, the old saying, nothing to fear, but fear itself. That's, I was realizing that's actually really not true at all. That's not true. Nothing to fear, but fear itself. That's not true. Here's the thing. We shouldn't fear fear. I, I agree. But there are, there are things to fear like death. Like there's things that we don't know about. And it's kind of scary for us as rational, as human beings that think the way that we do, we like to figure things out. And when there's things that we literally can't know, it's very hard on us. It's very stressful on us. And it makes sense that we are going to try to avoid that feeling. But how much of our actions and lives are dictated by fear? And again, there are real reasons to be afraid, but then what are we doing to avoid the inevitable fear potentially as that lays out in our lives, fear of dying. How much on your sleeve is that? I mean, that's, that's what leads us into cults and religions and religious cults and cults that are all religions and diets, for instance. I mean, I'm terrified, for instance, me of people who are on the SOS diet, scares the shit out of me. But if you're terrified of diabetes, if you're terrified of cancer, that's a, a, it's, it's bad enough once you, if you get cancer, then you're afraid of everything there, but then there's the fear leading up to it. And that is what is debilitating. And that is where my work lies. I'm not a doctor, so I don't, I mean, I've worked with people with cancer, but in other words, as a nutritionist and all that kind of thing, but it's the fear, it's the managing of stress along the way so that the fear of things that we don't know, fear of being alone, how that keeps us in to potentially unhappy relationships. You know, the fear of being alone, what might happen will keep us in dysfunctional relationships or friendships that aren't serving us well because we believe that the other side of that is going to be terrifying. Fear of failure keeps us from trying in the first place. How many of us don't write the novel because we don't think we're going to do it well? Of course, we're not going to do the first novel well. Of course, we're not going to write the first song well. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. Fear of discomfort keeps us in safe jobs, safe paychecks, stagnancy, distraction, keeps us all in that world. It is not a fear. It's the fear of fear. It's the fear of if I'm uncomfortable, that's terrifying. So I want to just be afraid of that. And I'm going to avoid the whole situation instead of just going like, well, this is going to suck. And I'm just going to get into it. And I'm just going to, it's going to suck, but it's overall less fear because you don't have the fear leading up to it. You just have the fear of the thing itself. Accepting that we're going to die. It's terrifying. It's terrifying, but does it lead us into things that create a life that's not good for us, that doesn't serve us well? To be afraid of even putting ourselves in a scary situations mean we are even more stressed. We're living more stress. We're more stagnant. We're more stuck. We're in a rut. A lot of my clients have come to me in a rut. It's just like they are in that place and they cannot get off the figurative, sometimes literal couch. The idea of doing anything is terrifying. So they would do something that feels comfortable that isn't good for them. It is one of the most difficult things in our lives to accept what we do not know, what we cannot change, what we cannot control. And if we do accept those things, at least it allows us to act in spite of the particular fears that we may have. We will go into the figurative ice bath and Yes, that sucks. But is that, again, I've said this before, that's that little act I do each day to kind of overcome, not kind of overcome. I want to, I wanted, I have wanted to establish a practice in my life of saying this thing coming up is 
I think is going to be scary and I'm going to do it anyways instead of sit back here and be afraid that it might be scary. And it's this, it's a little practice of doing that. Terrified, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. But to be afraid to even feel that in the first place is the predicament that is the human species. Look, if you think about it for five minutes, look how much fear dictates our politics, dictates our inter- interpersonal relationships, how we raise our children, fear how we eat, how we beat ourselves up in the gym. It's like we're standing in line at this roller coaster and we are waiting. We know the roller coaster is going to be scary and we're standing in line terrified. But the figure, the metaphor of the roller coaster, we're in line. The line moves. But in life, we just go, fuck, I am standing. I'm stepping right on out of that line and I'm just going to never try to ride that roller coaster again because the idea is too frightening. And the modern world has done an absolute stellar job of sometimes capitalizing on this fear, but in the very least providing a multitude of outlets to avoid, to have it, to enable people to avoid that fear. Not to avoid the thing that's scary, but to avoid even the fear of the thing that's scary. The world is set up that way. It's good marketing. It's good, awesome. It'll, you'll buy it in a state of fear. You are a, you're ripe for the picking. It's just not a happy place to be. If you get over that first wall of fear, you are liberated to act. You are liberated to live your life. There are things that we cannot control. We know that rationally. We know that conceptually. We get it. I get it. I can't control that. I don't know what's going to happen. But if unchecked, that stuff will literally take us down and keep us down. It will keep us down. The work of this is to spend some of our lives in preparation for fear, not in fear of fear, in preparation for fear. And what this means is living more and living more calmly and living more happily. And most of all, making ourselves strong. A 
thousand dreams But still But still, gazing on you, it keeps me here. Make no mistake This is our July This is our July This is our July Probably missed hundreds of things, but still we're holding ourselves up here. Finding shelter in you It makes me Make no mistake This is our July This is our July This is our July July